0: Hello, and welcome to a free preview of Greatest of All Talk. Well, listen, Zion has played great since the entire country buried him after the no-show against the Lakers in the in-season tournament, and the Pelicans have won three straight. Granted, the Hornets and the Spurs were two of those wins, and... Um, the get-right twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where you going get wouldn't, right. <laughs> wouldn't get too excited on the yields of those wins, but... um we shall see. Uh, speaking of the dregs of the league, though, we can close with the Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday night. Now, we made this a league book club game. I sincerely hope that not many of our listeners actually oh. tuned in live on Saturday night. Bucks, Pistons at 6 p.m. That's the type of game that you schedule your Saturday night around if you're like trying to drive away a significant other and you haven't worked up the courage to like really have the conversation and just rip the band-aid off and you're just trying to get more and more depressing until that person comes to their own conclusions about what's best. Um, sort of like a, a pre-ghost is what you're describing? Exactly. <laughs> <A> pre- <laughs> yeah, like Listen, I'm clearly working through some stuff as I watch, you know, Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivey... Uh, And Cade Cunningham, who's pretty depressing also. But before we get into the game, I just want to read an email that reflects where Pistons fans were at the beginning of the season. So this is from Andy. He's a longtime Pistons correspondent for the show. And he says, Andrew and Ben, now that the season is about two weeks old and after hearing the dispatches from fans of other teams, I figured it was about time for a check in from your official Pistons correspondent. You might think that a record of two and seven through nine games would be depressing, but that is simply not the case. The Pistons are a team on the rise, chock full of exciting and fun young players. Goat and goad favorite all Thompson is averaging nearly a double-double, and at least once a game, he does something that makes you sit up in appreciation for his individual brilliance. He's even ahead of Giannis in total rebounds per game. Speaking of double-doubles, Jalen Duran can walk into any arena and get one the second he steps on the floor. He's a force on both ends and is basically like a young Dwight Howard without all the fart jokes. Man, this is brutal. This
1: is such a brutal email. I feel, Andy, I'm, I'm sorry we're doing this to you, bro. You don't deserve this.
0: Rounding out the front court, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Beef Stew, the soul of the team. Stu has become a 43% three-point shooter and a guy that punishes teams who sag off him from behind the arc. He's still bringing the physical bruising play that we've come to love and expect from him. And the entire league knows that when you play the Pistons, you're going to get beat up. Those three have adopted the name Dog Pound, and that's how they play. Like, they've got that dog in their chest, meaning they're always hitting the floor for loose balls, contesting rebounds, and generally making life hell for anyone who dares to go into the paint against them. He hasn't said one thing.
1: We're in the third
0: paragraph of a lengthy, lengthy paragraphs, and he hasn't said one thing that I agree with so far. Continue. An under-the-radar young player to watch on this team is rookie Marcus Sasser, a team-sharp guy if I've ever seen one. Well, one of the most fun Pistons' developments so far has been the redemption of Killian Hayes. Jesus nine Christ! Games, <laughs> the Pistons are top ten in the in these per game stats: three point percentage, free throw percentage, offensive rebounds, total rebounds, and assists. The three point percentage stat is particularly notable given the Pistons have been without their best shooter, Boyan Bogdanovich, all season, and without this season's best shooter, Alec Burks. For the last five games. So once the Pistons are finally all healthy, you will start to see us creep up the standings. So my heart goes out to Andy after reading that email. Oh my God.
1: This wasn't cool, Andrew. You can't put his name on this email. You can't hold this for two months and then put his name. You should at least change the name, dude. I, I just
0: felt like I wanted to frame for. how depressing this Piston season has become. Note for the record that he did not mention Cade Cunningham. Or Jaden Ivey in this email. Uh, the two top 10 picks that were ostensibly the jewels of the Pistons' future. So, probably not a great sign that 10 games into the season, even the biggest optimist in the world was like, yeah, let's not talk about Cade or Jaden Uh But, in any event... What did you see Saturday night in Milwaukee? It was a 25 point game, like early in the second quarter, uh, so not a lot to take from it. But, but how was your league pass book club experience? I just think I like watching
1: these blowouts with bad teams more than you do. I have such a good time. So just to take you through my situation, I wasn't trying to chase anybody off. Wasn't trying to attract anybody on Saturday. I was just having a good time. (laughs) I got to sleep in for the first time in like three weekends. I had all these weekend games recently. So I was like way, way past my normal wake up time. I finished the Beckham documentary. I like just blew through all four episodes of that. I had a lot of good takeaways from that. Fascinating, fascinating guy and then, boom, it was 3 p.m., and it's like, oh, Pistons Bucks is on. This is the League Pass book club. <laughs> this is in. perfect. <laughs> so rather than trying to do one of the all-possessions rewatches like I sometimes have to, given the schedule, I was like, I am watching this live. I am so excited to watch this live. And, of course, I, I took the Pistons broadcast. I want to start with the broadcasters before we get you know to, to breaking down the players' I just got to give a huge shout out to George Blaha. I think I did this the last time we did a a Pistons League Pass game. Just an amazing voice. Feels like it's straight from maybe the 1950s or the 1970s. He should be on like broadband radio. He should not be on uh, television. And his ability to call these games... Squarely, in terms of, you know, giving credit to the opposition while also trying to point out the good things the Pistons are doing while also holding the Pistons accountable for their shortcomings, but not going over the top, was unbelievably professional given mm-hmm. that they have not won a game since before Halloween. Imagine that your life is traveling from city to city to city to city following this team, and for three hours, three times a week, you have to. Talk extemporaneously about what you're seeing and you're looking at the worst basketball team in NBA history, which the Pistons have a very, very, very good chance of being. um, You would lose it. And he yeah. has not lost it at all. And I just think it's so incredible. He's got a great voice. I think he does a good job. He's really obsessed with guns. Everything is like long gun, three gun, all this stuff. Like he just always <laughs> peppering all of his <laughs> slogans with guns. So he just needs to back off that a little bit. Uh, but I thought he just did a, a brilliant job calling this game. And I was interested to see, would their broadcast acknowledge the losing streak? And they barely did, right? I mean, they mm. barely did. And I think if you're still a Pistons fan hanging around, like if you're the Andes of the world, you get it, okay? You're getting all the negativity you need on social media and podcast guys like us who are going to kick you while you're down. You don't need the broadcast crew to just be wringing its hands uh, for two hours every single night. Just call it straight. It's going to work out. Everybody's going to get through this. So I, I appreciated them. I thought they did a very good job. And I've been hard on some broadcasters this year, so I want to give them a shout-out. Now, the one hiccup that they had, so the Pistons can get down 15 as soon as the ball gets tipped up, right? I mean, those guys are down 15 within like two minutes almost every single night. It's incredible how fast they can get down 15. And so the stat that the, the Pistons crew was clinging to all night was since midway through the second quarter, when the Bucks were up by 30, Mm -hmm. These two teams have played even or the Pistons have like shown enough spunk and the Pistons have outscored the Bucs. And of course, by the end of the game, they couldn't even cling to that because they lost by more than 30 points down the stretch with the Bucs reserves in to close the win out. So just a brutal spot to be in. They're doing everything they possibly can to try to like, you know, find some positive spin. But, um, you know, it comes down to this being a team. That's like almost perfectly built to be terrible during the modern era, right? Yeah. They don't have the elite lead playmaker that we all expected with Cade. I thought Cade actually had some moments in this game, but so much of what he does now comes in isolation, so it's going to be less efficient. He does struggle with the turnovers because their spacing is so terrible, and so they're not great with their main playmakers, They, I don't think they made a three pointer for the first three quarters of the game, which, you know, we're talking about Steph Curry making one every single game for 268 games. These guys go three quarters as a team without making one. And then final point, the defense is absolutely atrocious. I don't know. What kind of dog pound this guy is talking about? I don't know if this is poodles. <laughs> I don't know what the friendliest dogs are. Maybe it's not even dogs. Maybe they're just like smaller little rodents that just kind of, uh, just kind of go around your ankles, kind of tickling your feet mm. with their tails. That's what it's like going inside against the Detroit Pistons when it's Marvin Bagley, when it's James Wiseman trying to protect the paint. Anybody can score at any time. In any way they want to against the Detroit Pistons interior defense, and Beef Stew isn't changing that. I know Beef Stew didn't play in this game, but he gets so massively overhyped by Pistons fans has been for three or four years. It drives me crazy. And same thing with Durant. Oh, double doubles! I can't think of a more 2012 thing to cling to than how many double doubles a guy can get. <laughs>
0: hey, I so anyway. was I was intrigued with Duran, honestly after a week of the season. I was like, man, oh man, he's putting up numbers out there. Um, I, I they didn't have beef stew or Duran in Andy's defense. So the reason it looked that humiliating, I do Dude, think they is lose with them. There was night. a lot of wise. Men. I know, I know, and they also um, the broadcast said that they sat beef stew down. Down basically for rest, and I was like, are you really resting a dude when you guys have lost 22 <laughs> games in a row? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I When you talk about the, the missed threes, though, that's what really jumped out to me watching this team is, like, not only were they missing threes... But they were missing threes, like, really badly. Like, if I went to go play pickup basketball now, I would put some shots up where you'd be like, whoa, are you sure you want to, like, do this in public, man? Like, honestly, take a step back and ask yourself whether it's worth it reputationally. No, there's, like, sobriety test threes, right? Exactly. Where you're just like, (laughs)
1: whoa, let's (laughs) let's blow into this thing over here and see how things start going.
0: Like, Cade's hitting parts of the rim that I didn't know NBA players could could hit like the outside of the rim. And then Jaden Ivey had an air ball, um, Alec Burks getting shots up, none of which looked good. Uh And so that's where the dysfunction really shines. I would say is the shooting is just like the ugliest shooting you'll find anywhere in the NBA and probably anywhere in the NBA for the last 10 years or so. Um, and I do wonder whether, they would look better if you could just get like a couple other players in there who could just be credible jump shooters to give the team some space because I, I look at Andy's email. I don't hate everybody on like, I think all star Thompson's kind of interesting. Jaden Ivy. I would love it if the wizards traded for Jaden Ivy, Cade Cunningham, not a Cade guy, but I don't think he's this bad. So it's, it's odd watching the Pistons because not only are they not as good as the sum of all their parts, but it feels like they're like half of what that sum yes. should actually be. <laughs> and so, like, the structure of the team is the number one problem, I would argue. All right. And that is the end of the free preview. If you'd like to hear the rest of this episode and get two episodes every week from me, Andrew Sharp, and Ben Golliver, you can go to greatestofalltalk.com and subscribe to the show.